Another week of Vikings football is upon us as we welcome you inside the TCO studios for another edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi. I'm Gabe Henderson. Jay Nelson's here. Tatum Everett is here. So is our special guest of the show, our friend from the from the Athletic, Mr. Alec Lewis. And Alec, um, before we look forward to the Carolina Panthers this week and, and what's on the horizon for this Minnesota Vikings team, we have to look back. Finally, I'm going to keep this brief because when you lose 28-24 to 24 and for the third straight week you lose the turnover battle, how do you make sense of what this Viking season can be? First, thanks for having me. Yep. Um, it's been an interesting ride, obviously, thus far. But, I mean, you have to start with the turnovers because if you do any study slash research on what stat leads to winning games, it's turnovers. The team that, that wins that margin typically has a better chance of winning the game. And the Vikings, obviously, I think they're minus eight thus far, yeah. maybe minus seven yeah. through three games. I mean, I, historic. At, at this point, we're just splitting hairs on that specific number. It's been brutal. And I told you this walking up here, Gabe, like the timing of these turnovers could not be worse. In fact, if you look at some of the advanced metrics, I mean, through the first three games of the season, you'll find very few teams in the history of the NFL that have had such worse turnover luck yeah. in terms of the timing. And so, um, yeah, it's been brutal. You start there. I think offensively, you've got some really good things happening in the passing game. I think defensively, trying to throw curveballs at these offenses in different ways. And so it's it's been a really fascinating attempt at trying to analyze this thing because they've been in all three of these games and you could conceivably have seen them win all three of these games. It feels like last season, but the coin has flipped. And that's a yeah. question that I asked the players a lot after the game this past week was, you know, what what has changed? What's made that flip at all? CJ Ham was like, it's just football. Like, that stuff happens. I just don't know if this group has ever really felt like it was all happening at one time. It's like a tidal wave that they just can't escape from right now, as opposed to, like, last year where you were just like, wow, how did that just happen? Right. Oh, my God, we just, just did this way. way. Exactly. So it's kind of like everyone last season was, like, waiting for the shoe to drop, but I guess it just took a little longer than, than we all expected. Yeah. And the weird thing is there is some weird psychology element where last year you're like, you know what, they're stepping up at the right times. And they've built this culture in a way where they can step up and make the plays when they need to be made. And this year it's like you just expect the other thing yeah. to, to yeah. happen at some point. And, I mean, it, it's true. They start the game against the Chargers and run the ball five times. Yeah. They prioritize this. It's been a yeah. priority all offseason. They are effective at running. And then TJ Hawkinson, who you just paid a gigantic contract for, rightfully um, fumbles the ball. And yep. it's just, you could feel the crowd like a balloon <sighs> just deflating. Because it's, it's the one thing that Vikings fans said leading up to the Chargers game. As long as we don't turn the ball over, we're going to win this game. So on the first drive of the game, it's like, TJ, come on. And you saw TJ's reaction also. And, and I mean, he had said probably, it felt like 47 times last week, he had said, when you have the ball in your hands, the organization is your, in your hands. Yeah. And so he himself was <laughs> so true. outspoken and prioritizing ball security. And I'll tell you, just talking to people in the building last week, I mean, it was a, it was they did so many drills to to protect the ball. Kevin O'Connell's poking a stick at yeah. guys. I mean, they they gave it everything they had to prioritize this one thing, and then you fumble in that spot, and it's just got to be demoralizing for the team. I know it obviously is for those on the outside, but crazy to really see that happen again and again. Yeah, there's a thing that I keep seeing retweeted over and over today, and it's just talking about a bunch of the different NFL teams and kind of what your win probabilities were. Uh, a guy named Tom Bliss, again, 
haven't vetted it, but it's a very interesting chart because they basically show that last year we were the fifth best win probability just in general to show just we were getting the breaks. This year, 32nd, <laughs> and we are currently at a minus 39%. So, like, Goodness. as close as we've been, I mean, every game has been within a score. It's that little tiny detail, and that I think that's the thing that's been getting harped on over and over again, whether it's just, um, you know, former players and other people saying, you know, what's it going to take? It's literally just the minor details of just holding on to the ball, making the break on the ball instead of waiting for it to show up, things like that that are going to help get this team their first win, and hopefully that's a Sunday. I saw that too, and Tom, I believe, works with Next Gen Stats, and yeah. I the, my initial impression was like, well, that's what it felt like. Right. So to see the yeah, numbers, seriously. whatever the heck these numbers are, validate uh, what it seems to have felt like to me made sense. But yeah, it's um, it's what makes analyzing these NFL games in this season it's it's so hard in every season so hard is because there are just so many variables and so much randomness. Yeah, and uh, and it's it's you want to grab onto some narrative and and blame somebody like that's our psychology but it's it's hard to figure out how to do that when you turn the ball over that many times i, I for one would like to ask for a rewrite from the nfl script makers <laughs> for the season so far in the first three weeks i'm just saying the first three weeks i, I do not like the script the so far <laughs> it really does go to show like you know you never know what the nfl week in and week out i mean there are so many things that happen each week that i'm always like there's no way there's no way i go through my pickums and i pick who i think is going to win things and then I'm completely wrong and it's just that's just the anomaly that it is and I don't know who made what deal with what voodoo (laughs) doctor down in Bourbon Street to make all of this always be so different and the parody and everything but we're feeling that right now after you know what over the last like eight months we felt that parody yeah Yeah. and and you just want to get in the win column and that's something that Kevin O'Connell has enforced especially earlier this week he said if the Vikings I'm gonna preface this by saying in so many words he said the guys who don't want to hold on to the ball for this Vikings team will not be playing going forward so there is a statement made when you hear that statement Alec what what does what are the first things that come to mind yeah well I'll start by saying this I mean Kevin was probably it seemed as exhausted and frustrated as I've I've seen him in his time here and I started covering the team a week before last season I don't think he was upset in the summer before when he'd just gotten the job so for me I can't imagine he'd slept very much, and I think nope. every I, the way he was formulating words was probably just completely out of frustration and exhaustion. But I understand what he said, and I think it was the right thing to say when your team's 0-3 and you have expectations coming into the year. It's This is the most important thing. Prioritizing the ball is something that Kevin O'Connell has talked about since he got here, since he put on the Vikings' clothes, um, and they haven't done that. So whatever they have to do to do that, which is – Arguably the most important thing that leads to winning, I think, is something that he wanted to get across, and he did, obviously. What does that mean? I mean, we could talk about specific players and issues and stuff. I mean, I don't know. I'm looking forward to this weekend to see how much Cam Akers, who they recently traded for, plays and how much Dalton Reisner yeah. uh, plays as well. I think both those guys, if I was to peg it, would play this weekend in some regard, in some capacity, um, and you hope that they can kind of inject some kind of – just positive energy, and I think that's what this entire weekend has to be about. Yeah, it, it makes sense with that move that you talk about with Cam Akers finally getting to play because it was announced on Vikings.com earlier this week that the Vikings have terminated the contract of Miles Gaskin. So for someone who is reading into that, that ultimately says Cam Akers is going to be active, presumably, for the Vikings this week, Tatum. Yeah, that's a really interesting thing, and I do think for a guy like Cam Akers, this is the opportunity 
I mean, I think that there's like small things throughout the games that you can really build off of. It's just like, what is the game script, whatever you want to call it, going to just all come together at some point? Like, you can't really wait too much longer. The two things real quick that just come to my mind listening to you. The first is I I think it's easy to take those words that Kevin said and it's like we're going to – I think it's easy as a media external outside yeah. to be like, oh, here he is making the st- – like, yeah. The it, meanest thing it, he's yeah. ever said is, probably. So, right. It is so easy. He probably apologized. And I think, I'm sorry, guys. And I think on radio you'll hear it and pie, like it's, it's just ripe for analysis when a team's 0-3. So oh, yeah. maybe it makes me – ridiculous not to be doing that given that is my job but I just <laughs> I think I don't totally see it as some grand no. statement they they want to run the ball officially however the heck they're going to have to do that and they want to hold on to the football however the heck that Kevin O'Connell can find a way to do that at this point being 0-3 he's going to do it um, and I, I don't know if any grand statement needed to be said to really be behind that regardless. I think it's, I think that statement is needed, though, Jay. Oh, for sure. And I think part of it for me is I look at it as the the king of making those kind of statements and following through is, is Bill Belichick. You know, the idea on that team of, listen, if you start fumbling or any of that kind of stuff that is, quote unquote, within your control to, to handle that and, and is so detrimental, you do that and you're on the sideline. And it's just like, I think they're getting to the point where they're going, listen, we're running out of room for error. We're running out of room to, to be able to make these kind of mistakes and have it be detrimental to the game, let alone, you know, keep racking up these losses. More than anything, it's, it's a wake-up call. It's like, guys, we all know what we need to do here. We all know what's going on. At the same point, we keep doing the same thing week after week after the first three weeks. Going into week four, we don't have room for that anymore. So hopefully for him, it's just like, listen, I'm making this statement so everybody across the board understands we mean business, and, and that's how it is. You're, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I do, it's, it's unfortunate that it takes to start 0-3 to get to that point. I think that's, that's the, the unfortunate reality of it. But these games, it's so funny. To, regardless of where you are in your team-building cycle and, and how your roster presents itself, like – you're expected to win on a weekly ba- weekly basis in the NFL, and there's a lot of pressure riding on it and pressure on these games. And you again, you just going 17. back to to Kevin O'Connell's probably just tone and vibe on Monday. I mean, is it is eating at him, regardless again of the talent of where you are in your competitive rebuild, what have you. I mean, it these games just matter too much, regardless of that. And and I do think you could see that in his comments oh, and, yeah. and the way he handled himself Monday. Well, I'm glad we finally got all of this off of our chest because when we get back from the break, we finally get a chance to preview the Carolina Panthers. The Vikings are looking forward to getting their first win down south in my home state. We'll be right back with the Minnesota Vikings podcast after this. Cow care and comfort is a number one priority for dairy farmers as wholesome milk starts with healthy and happy cows. Brought to you by Undeniably Dairy. Spillan Montage is the Twin Cities' premier salon and spa destination and proud official hair sponsor of the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders. With three convenient locations in Edina, Woodbury, and Shanhassen, there's a Spillan close to you. Visit online at Spillan.com. All right, we are back. This is the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi. Alec Lewis from The Athletic is here. So is Tatum Everett and Jay Notson. My name is Gabe Henderson. And the number one goal right now for this Minnesota Vikings team is get a one in the win column. And Alex, when you look at just this this Vikings team that probably fans are saying we should be 3-0 and versus this Carolina Panthers team that's saying, yeah, 0-3 is probably where we are right now. What stands out to you this week? 
Yeah, I mean, this should be the easiest test uh, uh, for the Vikings secondary that they faced thus far. I mean, I start there. Uh, obviously, Adam Thielen, the legendary Vikings receiver, is down there, but he's their number one receiver, and they haven't gotten a ton of separation through the first three weeks of the year. So the secondary, which had a rough go uh, against the Chargers, should be able to kind of um, probably play a little more aggressive and 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 be I think play with some confidence and an edge that maybe they haven't in recent weeks. I, I start there, but I mean I'm with you. There needs to be a positive, <laughs> just sign in the win column of we have put in a lot of this work. There have been a lot of these sleepless nights. We have been this close. We have turned the ball over over so much, and it's time I think that 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 changes. And I think regardless of who's playing quarterback for Carolina this weekend, whether it's Bryce Young, Andy Dalton. Um, this team should be able to go in there and put together a pretty solid all-around game, and I think anything less than that will be pretty disconcerting. I think it's easy to say if you leave Carolina without a win, that's well. This, this podcast will be really interesting the next week after that, especially with the Chiefs coming in town. Taylor Swift would be in town, so that we got a talking <laughs> Guys, point there. If there you want point. to not make this podcast the longest one in history, do not mention that right now because that is literally consuming my entire life. Uh, besides that, I also um, am being consumed by the Vikings passing attack. I mean, I just, it's hard just to not just be. Good segue. In awe, thank you. In awe of, of, of just how well they're getting along. I mean, Justin Jefferson, I think one yard away from breaking the record for what uh, three consecutive 150 yard plus performances in the first three games of the season I mean it like brought me flashbacks to where he was 18 yards away from breaking that record oh, guys sure, yeah. I was like that's come trauma. on just give him one that's more trauma. just that's one trauma yard for a lot of Vikings fans. I, I, I was traumatized <laughs> in the game obviously for multiple reasons but that was one of them um, in the back of my head but um first in passing yards first in receiving yards it's just incredible what they've been able to accomplish despite not getting a lot of time in the pocket and Kirk being pressured so much. Um, for me, if we can just give Kirk a little time, hopefully with the little Dalton Reisner in there, and that continues, I don't think that there is much of, as you mentioned, a Carolina offensive firepower that can really stack up to to this. So I, I truly think that if you play a clean game, gosh, I didn't think that'd be so hard to say this <laughs> this early in the season. If you play a clean game on paper, it really just, it, this this matchup can sing for them. I mean, the biggest thing for me is, going what you're talking off of the offense, you know, they're 10th against the pass with 27th against a run. So, like, you want to still do what we've been doing because we've been putting up insane numbers at the same point. You look at that and say, like, yeah, but there's this other side that looks like it's an easier road to travel. So, like, what's it going to turn into for us at this? And then on on the flip side as well for them, I think the bigger thing is going to be, are you getting Andy Dalton or Bryce Young? Because Andy in the past against us, like, we've we've had a decent rec- record against him. We're three and two against him. But he's also putting up, you know, about, good last year. that's the thing. And he's been putting up about 250 yards on average a game and about two touchdowns. But he also gives up three sacks and a, and a pick a game as well. So it's like. There's that, but then Bryce Young's only averaging about a buck, you know, one fifty or so and a pick and a touchdown. So it's like, do you want the rookie or do you want the guy who's given you fits in the past a little bit? But at the same point, you can also get to him a little bit easier. So it's it, it's gonna be a little chicken in the egg here of is it gonna be your offense really trying to stick it to him or is it defensively really having to get after whoever's gonna be a quarterback? Well the the Panthers are two different offenses with both quarterbacks 
playing. So with Andy Dalton, there's more downfield throwing. There's more uh, getting to your checks and then extending plays versus Bryce Young. When he's at quarterback, it's either first option, run it, or first option, sack. So I believe Brian Flores is going to have his work cut out. But with that said, I still believe, like you said, Alec, that this still benefits our Vikings team, our Vikings defense in this case, when it comes to ultimately trying to get a win in Carolina. So with that said, I want to move to our Pepsi. That's what I like segment. So Alec, this is a portion of the show where we put 40 seconds on the clock, a play clock, and you have to say, you have to give us, give fans one thing that you like about the Vikings heading into its week four matchup. So I'm going to pull my phone out. I'm going to start this stopwatch, give you some time to think about it, and we will start in three, two, and one. Yeah, I like kind of how I started the analysis of the game. I like the fact that that Carolina's receiving core is not a receiving core that's going to blow anybody out of the water. Um, I mean, again, I mentioned Adam Thielen, and you have DJ Chark, and there are some options there. Um, and, and the Vikings secondary remains young when you talk about Caleb Evans and Byron Murphy. Um, I think Cam Bynum has probably flown under the radar and been really good, but I, I really like that matchup uh, between these two teams and, and with the Vikings secondary against that receiving core this weekend. Right on time. What'd you right. expect? Anything else? I mean, come on. If you need I mean, to run a play, I'll, I'll get it off. You said you, you, you said how many people care about your time. Yeah. You even saw it. Oh, I had the clock in my, yeah, I, <laughs> trust me, there was an internal clock. I, I will say this. Jay said, you know, who do we want at quarterback? Selfishly, as an Alabama guy, I want Bryce, I want to see Bryce Young. I've watched him yeah. play in college. Uh, again, no one really cares who I want to see at quarterback, but I, as a Bryce Young viewer, I, I think it'd be fascinating to see what he could do against Brian Flores' blitz-happy style. Woo! Confuse him. Blitz-happy. Last week, the Vikings blitzed the most in Vikings history. 80%. They blitzed 80% of the game last week, which is, if you're a quarterback for the Panthers, you're like, all right, let's find some quick throws and get in and get out. So, Tatum, you got 40 seconds on the yeah. clock. To tell us what's one thing you like about the Vikings heading into Sunday. Panthers offensive line has allowed 60 pressures in three weeks. That is almost at a record pace Seems like if a lot. they were to end the season this way. So, Daniil Hunter with two sacks on the season already. I feel like it's a big game for that front. It's a front that I think has struggled just obviously to stop the run at times. Um, I think that this could be a good game where we could get the sack numbers up. And uh, set the tone on defense. Three and outs, give the offense a ton of time, win the time of possession, hold on to the ball. I think this game is a great is a great way to to just return to the basics. Don't overthink it. Don't let the pressure of being winless and not being able to win against this team happen. Go out there and just play a clean game, and I think you're fine. Oh, oh let's go. I didn't even have a clock in front of let's me. Let's go. All right, Jay, you're up. All righty. Uh, what do I like? Uh, basically, we've been executing, but we're just not finishing the way that we want to see it happen. So, And uh, on top of that, it's Kirk Tober time. So for <laughs> me, it. exactly. So the deal for me is that uh, Kirk and JJ are first in you know yardage at this point. Daniil second in sacks. Um, where all the metrics basically say that we should be at this point 3-0. You've had all the fumble issues. You've had a couple interception issues. You've had kind of just the mistiming even on defense where you've had opportunistic times to be able to take some some uh, takeaways and just haven't been able to, to secure the ball the way you need to. So for me, it's one of those things where we're getting where we need to. 
Let's get to Kirk Tober. Let's have him go even more nuts than he has been, and we'll be in decent shape. Yay! I love that you mentioned great. that. Just You're in welcome. the nick of time, that right? By like one day. So you don't get to. Gabe doesn't have the pressure of the forty seconds. Oh, I'll, he does. I'll do it. Oh, okay, okay. I do. I'm just. I was okay. going to give you my phone so you could. Okay, start yeah, yeah, it for yeah, me. Sure, sure. But I was going to say if you if you He's got a to fair escape. Host. Okay. <laughs> I'm a say. team player. It's a team yeah, player. Yeah, fair. So, Jay, I was looking at some of the Kirk Tober stats. Yeah. Since Kirk has been the quarterback of the Vikings, he has a 74% win percentage in the month of October. So, yeah. it is Kirk Tober. He's 14 and 5 since 2018 when he got here. He's 14 and 5, 5,259 yards, 34 passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, and 11 picks. So, like, there's something about you get to that week four, week five mark of, of the season. And he's finally kind of, you know, got comfortable with whatever's going on. It just seems like he really turns it on. And hopefully that's something that I think, you know, sparks wise, that that's what we're looking for. Love it. All right. I guess I got my 40 seconds coming up. And since we are starting now, I'm going to go with our run defense. I like our run defense this week simply because the Seattle Seahawks only ran the ball 14 times last week. So when you look at that, their offensive coordinator is basically going to say, Let's be like the Vikings. Let's run the ball five straight times to open the game. And if you're Brian Flores' defense, you're looking at that and saying, okay, if we can stop the run, we should be able to do anything that we want to do. Granted, the Panthers ran for 144 yards week one, 100 yards week two, and then only 44 yards last week. Running the ball is going to be a point of emphasis for that team, and I'm looking forward to seeing how we stop the Panthers or pound those Panthers with our trenches and our guys up front. Mm. Well done. Bingo. Just a room full of professionals. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is going to be a big week for this this Vikings team. I know we always throw around the word must win, but when you're on three and you got the Chiefs on the horizon, this is a must win, especially on the road. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. I mean, I, you mentioned the Kirk Tober stats, and they do play the Bears, which is going to be uh, an, it's a nice thing to have uh, on the horizon. But I mean, the 49ers are going to come in and play on Monday night, so yep. it's not. I mean, the schedule is always going to be tough. I thought at the beginning of the show you might you might bring up whatever record I guess that the Vikings would be before the season from our last podcast, and I was going to be pretty embarrassed uh, <laughs> by that. But um, no, I, it's they really do need to win this weekend, and I think just to kind of send a pulse of electricity through this building again, as it was all last year. I mean, it existed, and you could feel it. And I think to to bring that back, I think going into the Chiefs game would be pretty essential. So it's set up fairly nicely, I think, for this team to do it. Um, just got to go out on the field and make it happen. Well, two winless teams in Charlotte, North Carolina this week at Bank of America Stadium, Vikings at Panthers. The boom is at noon right here on the Vikings Radio Network, and it will be a pleasure to consume that game and hopefully get a Vikings win alongside my guy, Mr. Alec Lewis and Tatum Everett. And, Jay, I know you'll be watching on TV, cheering us on probably, uh, texting us and, and – Hopefully with some, some I guess, great news back here at TCO. Well, for Alec Lewis, Tatum Everett, Jay Nelson, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you guys again for tuning into another edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi. We'll talk to you next week, hopefully after we pound those Panthers. Woo!